there have been improper intimacies. So how are you, my love? I am feeling like pussy, feeling like cunt. <laughs> are you? Cup. That's really cute. Thank you. Yes. I got a giant water <laughs> jug for the new job. I even put a sticker on it. Let's see, you put some stickers. A little stickers. sticker. Yeah, that's cute. Is it a, um, does it keep the drink really, really cold? Yeah, it's supposed to keep it cold for 24 hours, so we're going to test her oh, out. No. The, the thing that I don't like about those cups, like, I have to, like, like, buy a new one every month. Because, like, I don't know, it just, the mouthpiece doesn't get cleaned properly in the dishwasher, and I'm like, eh, I'm going to throw this one, away. This one's metal, so... And I'm probably just gonna wash it with hand, by with with hands. 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 <laughs> I love it. Well, congratulations! Like we haven't Thank spoken. Thank you. That Thank is like, you. Ugh, like, I'm so happy for you. We were just talking last week, and it's just uh, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's where's the shop at? It's in Old Town Clovis. It's like. 10 minutes from my house, kind of going out towards the country area. Awesome. I know. So we'll see. We'll see. I start tomorrow. So, but I am going to show up. I got to be there at 7.30 tomorrow. I could go. Me. 7.30. I mean, that's normal for me. So I'll wake you up if you need me to. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, sure. If you want to text me, you can. I got to be out of my okay. house by like... Seven. Yeah. Because I want to be there on time. And it's like 10 minutes cool. away, but still. Yeah, you're going to be green thumb, like... I know, I told, I told Daniel, I was like, I think this is going to be my Plant Daddy origin story. Yeah. Or... So are you ready to get this bitch started? Let's do it. Alright, whenever you're ready, my love. Ooh, what was that? What? <laughs> That noise. Oh, it was a little tin uh, card that I have that I accidentally hit against my mouse. It sounded like beautiful music. And, welcome, and with that, welcome to Improper Intimacy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, look at you. Welcome you're back. New, you're a whole new person. Like, what is this? Well, you know, I got a little Botox while we were on break. And... Um, I got a new job. The, are you joining the House of Oro yet? No, I'm still part of the House of Ill Repute. You know, gonna still stick with my own house. We're like, we're like, we're like neighbors. Okay. Well, Our houses are like neighbors. <laughs> Except for you stole everybody from me. <laughs> uh, well, all it, all it took was a little filter, so don't hate the player. <laughs> a little filter or a little filler? <laughs> Both. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Improper Intimacies. I'm Matt. And I'm Victor. Welcome back. It's been a minute. 
we've both been very, very busy. Mental health has also played a role in some things. And also, just life. Right, <laughs> life. This has been a rough month. It's cute, though. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're on a road to new beginnings. Exactly, exactly. I completely 100% agree. I turn 32 when my life is, like, beginning to change. <laughs> How does that song go? Um, fuck. When will my... No, I don't know what I'm singing. <laughs> when will my life begin? <laughs> there you go, tangled. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you're going to pull out your mouth. That's what it was. So what? Uh, as, like, gracefully and grandfully as I wished, but, you know... You 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 picked you picked up the mic. Oh yeah, no, I, I picked it up and I ran with it. <laughs> so how have you been? Um, I am great. I woke up today on the right side of the ra ta um pussy bitch bed. And I have just been living my like fantasy. You, you ever you ever just yearn for the days where you want the house all to yourself? I mean, I get them generally a lot. So, but yes, but yes, I do. I know what you mean when there's like a lot of people yes. in the house. And I'm just like, can y'all just leave me for a couple hours so I can live my fantasy in my own space without exactly. having to worry yes. about people judging or being in that fantasy? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, like, I mean, both of us just live with our, our partners. So, right. Like, it's no shade to our partners. We absolutely adore them. But sometimes you just need... Your space. Yeah. You time. And my me time today has consisted of a whole lot of reality television. A whole lot of reality television. A lot of music. Mm Mm-hmm. I got some hand. I got my hands on some marijuana, which is great because I haven't smoked in, like, two weeks. It's almost two weeks, so... Since my birthday? Yeah, uh, maybe a couple days after that. Oh, wow. I had had just ran out. Like, I had just, like, a small little nug left. Mm -hmm. I was trying to say... I was saving it for a day off, and I came home, and Daniel was like, I smoked it. I was like, that's all I had. (laughs) But it has been a glorious day. I have... I made a good lunch. I had a salad. Ooh. And, yeah... It sounds like you've had a great day. Great day. What music have you been listening to? And uh, what reality shows have you been okay. watching? Let's be honest. On any any good day, I have been, like, you and I have this thing whenever we go on a road trip, mm-hmm. whenever we, like, just are having a good time and we're together, we have to listen to Perfect, Perfect Day, day by, by Hoku. Hoku. And let's just say that has been, I played it in the shower, I played it while cleaning, I played it while picking up Hamilton's shit outside. That's how good of a day. <laughs> you are ready and able. I love uh, it. So ready. And what reality shows have you been watching? Oh, Speaking the, of Hamilton. Okay, so um, for those of you who don't know, Paramount, this boy, Hamilton literally thinks it's time to play. He brought me his monkey and is looking at me like, are we going to do this right now? I have been doing absolutely little to nothing all day today. <laughs> and he has not wanted to play with me. And now that I'm recording with you, he just wants to be all up in the Oh, business. of course. But it's just like, 
not fuck you, but I love you, but not now. Go away. <laughs> I'm lucky the two monsters are asleep near me, but are leaving me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're breathing very quietly. Yeah, well, Winnie's in the hall, and Trixie is uh, laying behind me. Cute. I miss them. Give them. Send them my love. I will. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you this really cute picture of them kissing that was so cute. Oh, how lesbianic. Uh, that's a little ancestral. I don't think we need to go there with that. <laughs> um, but, but, yes, I, Paramount Plus. I have, yes, I... Um, uh, today, Paramount Plus launched their streaming service, which mm-hmm. I thank you for, because, you know, you, you were that good best friend, that good Judy that was like... and i have been non-stop uh just binge watching the real world um season one like back in 1992 oh nice it's it's it was it was a time like i don't know i i think i texted you when i started watching it and i just was kind of like i'm watching these people and they are like having full-on conversations with one another uh-huh. with not being, like, uh, distracted from any cell phones or, you know... Right. Social media or anything like that. It was... I think that's why I really enjoyed, like, watching it. And mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, The Real World is a reality TV show that came on MTV, um, and it depicted seven strangers chosen to live in a house... Um, what's the rest of it, Matthew? I know I've been watching it, but I kind of just skipped the intro. Honestly, I've never you seen it. Oh, fuck, you're missing. I mean, it's not for everybody, but... Um, yeah, it, it was... Season one was... The, I don't really think MTV knew what they had in their hands, nor mm-hmm. did they know, like, what they were doing at first, because... Like, the first season, just like the first season of anything, just kind of, like, they have a premise, but it grew into something else later Mm -hmm. on down the road. So, these six housemates, they were all centered around arts, whether it would be uh, teaching music, uh, a singer, a rapper, a model. They were kind of all in, um, on, like, a platform of, of some sort. And Mm -hmm. this one girl, she was the seventh housemate. She was like, I forget where she was from. I think she was from Mississippi or somewhere, some country, some country Mm -hmm. state. And she was in this bubble. And it was kind of like them bringing her out of that bubble and teaching her about, you know, there's life outside of where you are. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, it wasn't really what the real world is now, right. but it was, it was still, it, it was entertaining. Like they, they even said, they're like, is this going to be a documentary? Is this going to be like Melrose Place meets, you know, documentary meets 90210? Mm-hmm. So like they were referencing a lot of 90s things, which of course it came out then. So it would make sense for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the fights that happen are it's crazy because they, they, what's the words I'm looking for? Um, they're still going on today. Right. Like being that this, uh, the girl from the country, she comes, uh, 
she comes in and she meets her housemates and she makes a she makes a comment because uh, the female rapper her she a noise starts coming from the counter and they're like what's that noise and she's like oh that's my pager and this little white girl from the country she's just kind of like a pager what do you need that for are you a drug dealer and like you kind of sit back and you gasp and you're like what like she like and it, she was dead ass serious like right because i mean but she didn't she didn't know better you know and right because like, it's it's also like the show was released in 92 so let's go ahead and just put it out there we were three years old when this show premiered <laughs> We sure were. <laughs> and, of course, kind of like Drag Race, it's kind of evolved over time. Um, I I wasn't really allowed to watch the M of the T of the V. Uh, the only time I would watch it was when I was uh, at your house or at your grandma's house or when I was at Vincent's uh, house, a, a friend of ours from elementary school. Yeah. And his sis you know, he had an older sister and so I like she had it on. So like whenever I would go over there, it would be on. But I never really kind of paid attention to it. Um okay. but I I could see how somebody at that time would who doesn't have a lot of interaction with the outside world outside of their bubble like you were saying would make a comment like that um especially in like the early 90s where let's that's when pagers were like huge and of course er, there was the trope of you page your dealer in order to get the hookup yeah sorry go on and no 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 you're good and another uh not to say cool thing but we, we were born during this time, but we were, we were what, three, four years old. Mm-hmm. So um, other episodes down the line, they cover, they, 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 racism is kind of a big thing that's covered in the, within the house. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, there's two, there's two uh, people that are on the show that are people of color. Mm-hmm. So um, they, uh, one, one of them was depicted as the angry black man. Mm-hmm. And I, after watching it, I just was like, he was not angry. He's just he was woke, and yeah. he was calling shit out the way it was, mm-hmm. and it just was like not a huge eye opener, but it's just crazy. Like, of course, this issue has been happening for so long, and it's like enough is enough already. But to see it happening when we were four years old, mm-hmm. I mean, not realizing it then, but like being a thirty-one-year-old you know uh being, being 31 seeing it like speak for yourself i'm a fresh 32 <laughs> <laughs> um it's just crazy to think that it's still here um, right they covered the uh the rodney king riots in la while they were shooting the rodney king riots were happening oh and wow they, sh- they showed like live footage of like them watching it on the news and you know these like it's it was it was it's crazy it's just crazy it, it'll it, it not, not to say it's the same thing but like 20 years from now someone's gonna look back and see you know the black lives matter situ like situation and hopefully things are better by then and it's mm-hmm. not, you know this isn't a thing anymore of you know how bad racism is in america or throughout the world mm-hmm. um but like 
it was a cool piece of history to see in the pop culture world. Right. Like, and they they recently, um, I'm not saying this is the reason why this was started, but um, with Paramount Plus, they are releasing, they just released episode one today. Um, the same cast from season one is doing the whole process again mm-hmm. in the real world New York. Same loft. They're just now in their 50s. Wait, and so they're, they're in the same loft that they were in in season one? Correct. Oh, okay. You've piqued my interest a bit more then. Yeah, they're in the same exact loft. Obviously, it's decorated differently. Right. But the uh, the loft was not, you know, was not remodeled, nothing mm-hmm. like that. It was just redecorated, and that's pretty much it. So, like, to see the nostalgia of them reacting like, oh, my God, we lived here. We were in, we were 19, we were 21. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, they live their lives. Um They've all grown up, um, which kind of ties into, again, that we're still going through this racism. And they talked about it on the show after season one was aired Mm -hmm. that um, the uh, I should have written his name down, but the uh, not to say character because he is a human. He's real. Um, One of the housemates. Let me find his name real quick. I'm sorry. Is, is this the season with the housemate who was HIV positive? No. Okay, so then that's that's like still an early season of the real world, but um, maybe at a later date. Okay, no. So um, the guy that I'm thinking of uh, was on the real world San Francisco. So I think that might be season two or three. Okay. But I remember, I know, um, like Pedro Zamora is kind of a big name in like within queer history and queer pop culture because Mm -hmm. he was one of the very first openly gay and out, um, people living with AIDS that was out on a television show. And it was the first time that somebody with AIDS was given a platform to really kind of educate the country. Correct. So he, I'm on, um, Ooh, party. I found his name. So, um, the, the, uh, housemate's name is Kevin Powell. Mm -hmm. Um, they come back into the to the house and he's talking about you know season one was a thing like they were the first of so many and he was painted as like the angry black man but he was just woke and um they were talking about the situation that blew up that he was the bad guy Mm -hmm. in 1992 like because he was picking on this little white girl Mm -hmm. and he was Mm -hmm. like i'm not picking on her i'm like telling her the comments that she's making is racist and she doesn't understand that it's not okay. Right. And, um, Julie, the other housemate who he got into the argument with, um, she has a daughter who is 18 is an ambassador for, um, something with the U S I don't remember what she's doing exactly, but she's taking people on tours (laughs) and teaching them about like black history. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, it's so crazy to think that this is came full circle and you 
raised a daughter who is on our side when 20 years ago you know 25 years ago that wasn't the case you you know you didn't have the knowledge that you have now right and he is still he still has this pent-up emotion from season one and that is literally going to unfold throughout this first season because it's like you see him at his 21 year old self and his 50 something year old self and then he's still battling these same issues and Mm -hmm. the whole house is about to be like shaken up because it's a real life thing yeah it's it's interesting too because it's it's almost like, and, and we've talked about this on our Drag Race podcast, but it's watching this season of Drag Race and seeing these queens talk about stuff that just happened six, seven, eight months ago and how fresh that was before they went out mm-hmm. uh, to do this show and really having those kind of conversations... Um, it, so it's like a, no, it's fine. There's like a, like a geetsingetta going on across the street. Not really, but they're acting like it, and it's really obnoxious. It's okay. Um, we'll we'll just have to deal. We'll have a background. We'll have a we'll have a soundtrack, <laughs> uh, a back a backing soundtrack for this episode. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting to see and also very very sad in telling about the state of our country that the issues that are discussed on this season of the real world uh, season one back in 1992 are still being told and still being had on a completely different show with a completely different context but the exact same conversations are being had you know what i mean mm-hmm. and what's even like when i say cooler but like i hoping they haven't really touched on it yet but there's another housemate um at well now he he's now out of the closet and he's gay mm-hmm. but i wonder if at that time, because like he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't out during mm-hmm. the season. But like during the '90s, if like he fought himself, like you know, with being scared mm-hmm. of you know AIDS, like I'm, I and honestly, I'm hoping, but I want to see more of that. You've got right. to get into it. It's something that's like there's only like 15, 20 minute episodes. You can finish it in like a couple hours, but like you got to get into it. I have to talk to somebody about this some more. Yeah, I'm looking on Paramount Plus right now, and it looks like the first four seasons, like, not every season of the real world is available. It's, like, season mm-hmm. one through four, and then 12, and then 15, 16, 17, 18, and then just, like, there's a few seasons that are not available. But I would be interested, maybe not doing a full deep dive into the show, because... Just season one. It and feels very like repetitive. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think I'll watch through season four. Okay. Because it's like 92, 93, 94, and 95. And um, 90, season three is, it looks like it's the season that um, Pedro Zamora was on. And, you know, being queer people, I feel like we need to be educated in our own history and whatnot. So, especially, and maybe this can be a transition into that, as... 
um, like a partnership with It's a Sin. You know what I mean? Just to to oh, yeah. actually get a firsthand account on a television show at that time of somebody who is going through those things and having to deal with the stigma of HIV and AIDS as well as having AIDS and trying to show the world that you are just because you have an illness doesn't necessarily mean that you should be treated any differently. Very that. So, uh, speaking of it's a sin, I, we both watched this. You can watch it on HBO max. Um, I started watching it a couple weeks ago and then, and we binged the entire series within like, a, a, a single day um and i i remember telling you you've got to get on this just be prepared it's a lot <laughs> yeah it is. it's emotional you're gonna go through it um but i think it's a very important show for people to watch and um i i've never been so emotionally drained by a tv series in my entire life. It's that good. It's so good. Um, I'm going to hit pause on the recording really quick. My laptop's about to die. So okay. um, I'm going to go grab my charger. Hold on one second. And we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so it's a sin. Did you make it? Yeah, I did. You obviously made it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a sin. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's available to watch there. It's five episode miniseries. And it chronolog- um, it tells the story of a group of young, yeah, like between the ages of like 19 and 21 year old uh, group of friends living in London at the peak of the AIDS crisis in London. Um, it, it's the story takes place what like over a five to ten year period would you say that is, yeah um and the show so i watched it with roger who is my partner um and i wasn't sure how he was going to um how he was going to React. react to the show because as you know mm-hmm. we uh, attempted to take him to go see a regional production of Rent um, and he couldn't even last through the first act because yeah. like he said when we walked out at intermission I lived through that and I don't want to have to see it and I knew the severity. I well, not knew, but I had some general idea of the severity of the trauma that he experienced living in San Francisco at the height of the AIDS epidemic. Right. But we never really talked about it. And I had heard through, you know, online and the trailer being dropped and stuff about this show. A few weeks before it dropped on HBO Max. And I was fully prepared to watch it by myself. You know. 
wasn't expecting him to really kind of sit down and watch the entire thing through with me, let alone him being the one to suggest that we watch it. I guess a friend of his told him about it. Okay. And I was like, are you sure you're prepared to, you know, you're emotionally prepared to kind of go through this because I know that AIDS related content can be a bit triggering for you. And he was like, it's fine. You know, so-and-so told me about it. We're going to watch it. And I was like, okay. So we sat down and we watched it in the first episode. I was like, okay, this is cute. Like I see where the story is being set up and, um, you can see like the breadcrumbs that are being laid for how the story is going to progress. And episode one is pretty tame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, so, not, this, it's not it's not tame. It's not tame. <laughs> there's no death. <laughs> there, well, there is, but it's not um, as emotionally gut wrenching as, say, episode three or four or oh. five. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched it, and I was like, "Okay, this is good." And you know, generally, and I'm sure you do this with Daniel. At the end of episode one, I turned to him and I'm like, okay, do we continue on with the next episode? Do you want to not watch this? Should I watch this on my own? Do you want to take a break? And he's like, no, let's go ahead and watch this episode two. So we watch episode two. And there's a character that um, comes back with a positive test result and... Uh, just like vanishes and it's really really upsetting because one I wanted to see more of this character I thought he was so good um, but he gets sick and it kind of goes through that storyline his parents come to collect him and then they take him off and then that's the last you hear about him the show does kind of explain what happens to him which was like the first gut punch I felt when they're sitting right. in the backyard. Yeah. Um, and I think what they say is like, don't let, don't let, don't let your family come and take you home. Yeah. And so that episode ends and I turn to Roger and I go, was that a thing that happened? Were, 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 would people just like be picked up by their parents or family would come to get them so that they could take care of them. And then you just would never hear from them again. He's like, well, no, I, he's like, it might have been something that occurred, but for me, it wasn't my experience. Yeah. Cause this was, this was in London as well. Right. Like, set in London. And which I thought was interesting too, because we generally, when it's stuff related to the AIDS epidemic, it's, I, it's, always united states based and it's more than likely set in san francisco right or new york because those were the two hot spots at the time um so episode three gutted me and i sobbed for like the last 10 minutes of that um and at the end of that episode he was like yes he was a a good boy I know. Uh, and then when you when you see what happened to him, I when you when you saw that woman walk down 
the hall. And I was like, why does she look familiar? And then you start to see flashbacks and everything started to piece together. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, what the fuck? Um, and I, I talked to him, I, I, and, and it was, it was a, it was an interesting experience to watch the show with Roger because at the end of every episode, he would then talk to me about what it was like, what either an experience he had or what it was like. And in episode one, um, spoiler alert, but not really, uh, Neil Patrick Harris makes a cameo. He ends up being the first person on the cast to die of AIDS or, or AIDS-related complications. And I asked him, I, I, he, he turned to me while we were watching it, and he goes, that's exactly what it was like. Mm-hmm. He said the people at the, in the early days would be isolated into a room on a bed, and they were not allowed any human interaction. So basically yeah. people were dying alone. Mm-hmm. And so we watched the entire series and the last episode, I literally cried throughout the, almost the entire episode and I screamed and I yelled. I was pissed at certain characters. I hurt for certain characters. And I know this is very long winded, but at the end of the series, he turns to me and said, out of everything that has ever come out about HIV and AIDS during that time, this is the first time I've seen something that got it right. No. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, everything that that show showed, I experienced. Maybe not everything, everything, but a majority of the of the time, the the hallways and and the the corridors, just every room, somebody was dying of AIDS in a hospital bed. Yeah, it's haunt, it was haunting. And-, and he said it was like that. You would walk into the hospital, and every room had somebody who was dying of AIDS. And there were people who had friends to come. And then there are people, as we see in the show, who don't want their family to know and don't have friends who will come and visit them. Right. And it broke my heart. And it was interesting, too, because it actually allowed us to finally have the conversation about his experience going through the AIDS crisis, especially in a city like San Francisco, he was telling me that there were, um, there, there were times where people would be put in bubble chambers and you could go and visit somebody, but they would have, um, you know, like those big blow up balls that you can crawl inside and like roll around in. Yeah. Something like that, completely covering their bed and everything. And just like, and he said, and that's how you would see somebody. You would have to get full gown, full, like everything, go in there. 
and that's what you would see was you would see your friend dying on a hospital bed in a bubble and he said that you could put your hand against the plastic and you still could not touch them because there was a layer of air that was inflated between the two so it was like everybody was being isolated and dying in isolation alone it's 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 crazy to think about because there's so many parallels to what we've been going through with COVID right. that um, he was it's like, it's, it's a, it's a different scenario, but the right. Same story. Yeah. Exactly. Growing up, you know, of course, of, with the two of us being gay, that's one of the reasons why I was afraid to come out as well, because like of the stigma of AIDS, like you exactly. Know, you're going to get AIDS or you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're gay. So you are automatically in this category. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know it is scary. I mean, like you, you just have to buckle down with it and stay safe. I know it's easy to not, mm-hmm. it's easy to say no. It's easy to turn around and be like, I'm in the heat of the moment. Fuck a condom. But no, you have to like, if you know, it, it's, it's still a thing. And you mm-hmm. can li- you can live with it now and survive, you know. Right. Medicine, you know, it's you know it's still a thing, but there's things that we have now to help take care of it, and you can live your everyday life. But for me, I think that was one reason why I was really scared to come out too. You know. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think also part of that is just. It's crazy to think about coming out in, what, 2007, 2008, Mm -hmm. and that being a fear, partly because, one, we weren't well-educated about HIV and AIDS, and the... It wasn't um, a discussion we had in our household. Right, and it's also... we we weren't informed even in like sex ed when they would bring it up it was like you'll get this and you'll die we weren't educated on the leaps and bounds medically that um how like how far we've progressed medically with um hiv treatment and that people living with hiv could live long full lives you know and just it with the medication and the treatments that are available to them. And I remember coming out when I came out to my mom and mom, if you're listening to this, don't worry. I know where you were coming from and I, and I, I know that you did not mean anything by this, but when I came out to my mom, her biggest fear was that I was going to be HIV positive. That I, that if I was not safe, I could get it. Right. And thinking back on that now, it's almost like I see the fear, especially because she also was in her late teens, early 20s during the time of the AIDS crisis. But a completely different experience, mostly just being informed by what was on the news, which wasn't a lot. Let's be completely which, honest with you. You know what's fucking frustrating? It's not just that. It's it's not just at that at that time. 
it's it's still now. Like I know we keep going on back and forth with like this parallel, right? What happened back then and what's happening now. But when is this shit gonna stop? Yeah. Like, it's not a matter of bad things happening to us. It's a matter of tell us the fucking truth and like that's it. Mm-hmm. Just be honest and like. It's infuriating. It's fucking frustrating to think like. People are afraid of the truth. Yeah. And I think also too, because and it's and this is like drilled into your head while watching It's a Sin. AIDS was thought uh, HIV and AIDS was thought of as the gay cancer. Yeah. That's what it's called within the show multiple times is the gay cancer. And so because at that time being out and being gay was looked upon as a negative thing unlike the way it's looked at today there was a major stigma and almost this idea of well fuck the faggots let them die you know what i mean and i think that's why the aids crisis wasn't taken as seriously because even though <laughs> there's been a lot of fuck-ups in the last year uh, with COVID. Yeah. I feel like it was taken, it not taken as seriously as it needs to be and needed to be, but it was taken a lot more seriously than something like AIDS because it affected everybody. And that's the fucked up thing. Right. That's, I, like, that's, like, that's what infuriates me, but because it shouldn't just be one small thing you know I, i'm not yeah. disagreeing with you i'm agreeing with you. no i know yeah no uh, it, like, it's it's frustrating and it's yeah. sad because we lost god this is it breaks my heart we lost an entire generation of queer people to this disease and nobody cared I, while talking with Roger, he basically let it all out. And it's sad and it's ugly. The the trauma that he has gone through, going through the AIDS crisis. And um, where was I going with this? Uh, but, and he told me, he's like, I lost about 93 friends in a span of two or three years there were weeks where he was going to anywhere between four to eight funerals a week yeah and that is heartbreaking do you want to know the scene like there's a scene in the show when you know just in a nutshell everybody who's listening you guys have got to Subscribe to HBO Max and watch this uh, show. But you there have is to. A, there's a scene in the beginning when little Ollie, that's the main character's name, mm-hmm. uh, he is going, he's leaving his parents' house and he's going to London. Uh, some I don't remember where he's going exactly in London, but um, his dad gives him something and he tells him, this is something that your mom forgot, but you need it. 
and he gave him a box of condoms. Mm-hmm. And this guy... And not because he's gay or anything like that. Like, no. the dad thought he was fully straight and was saying, you're going to be hooking up with a lot of women, be safe, and don't get anybody pregnant. Here you go. But to see him throw those condoms over the boat, it just, like... Your heart they, drops. My heart drops because they didn't know. Right. You know, they As... paved the way for where we are now, but it's still like if you could go back and just visit that one person or, you know, stop mm-hmm. that one person from making a decision that, you know, it's it's life-saving. But, like, that scene just was like... What like it, it really not say got me it made me cry but I just was like fuck something is so simple as that mm-hmm. just like could dramatically change your life. It was the first drop on a roller coaster mm-hmm. for this TV series. If I if I could sum it up in a nutshell, and and it was foreshadowing as to not only his character's reaction to the idea of HIV and AIDS but what he would later have to go through yeah in the series because he just thought throwing those condoms over the boat he just mm-hmm. thought oh well, I don't like girls so I'm not gonna get a girl pregnant right and when AIDS started to come across the pond into the UK and it started to end up on the news he was very negative about it and was like, I don't worry about that. It's not going to affect me, blah, 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 blah. And then you see the people around him just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, it. I just wanted to scream in his face, what are you doing? What? Wake up. And, and it's crazy because I... I truly, uh, this doesn't sound really weird to say, but mm-hmm. I truly believe I would have been like that. Yeah. Like well, that would have been my attitude. Like, well, it doesn't affect me. You know what I mean? What can it really do? That, the the idea was, that's in America. Like, one of the characters is going to New York on a, on a business trip, and they tell him, don't fuck anyone in New York. Right. Just get any info that you can and bring it back to us. Exactly. But then we see how later on in the series, how that stigma also then, uh, once AIDS started to blow up in London, how when Ollie goes back to his hometown and is about to hook up with a guy... And he's like, oh, I'm from London. The guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. I, you're from, you're, you live in London. I don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. And it really just showed this, this, the stigma behind it. But like this human, like you put a face to the disease and you see this story play out and it's like, there are millions of men like that. Yeah, for sure. There are millions of men who died because of either this thought process or because this wasn't medically available to them or because family took them to do this or whatever it is. Like it, it's, it's heartbreaking because it's so many stories like that. 
Um, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit about the um, the actor who played um, the main guy. Uh, sorry, his name isn't Ollie. I know. His real, his real name is Ollie Alexander, and I guess he's a singer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to look him up and see. He did look very familiar. He was on... I want to say he was on Skins, but I could be wrong. He was in Penny Dreadful. I'm saying that, but I don't see him in Skins. It's a synth pop group called Years and Years. Wait, what? Yeah. He's... Oh my god. Okay. I, I Yeah, no, I know this band. I know who they are. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll plug in this song. Yeah. We'll plug this song into the, uh, a song into the episode and, you know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Your, years and Years is a great, is a great um, group. You should definitely go, go give them a listen. Highly, yeah, highly cool. suggest it. Awesome. Um, before we move on to other things, I I don't know how many times I can reiterate you everybody needs to watch this show. Everybody. It's five episodes, forty-five yeah. minutes to an hour each. You don't have to binge watch it. And you you don't will have to need pay to watch it either. Yeah, no, I it's something that everybody needs to watch. If you consider yourself an ally, if you have gay friends, if you have gay family, you need to watch this show because you need to understand the queer experience and the AIDS epidemic is a major defining part, just like Stonewall is a major defining part in queer history. The AIDS epidemic is probably the most important um, event to happen in queer history. There, I, I do want to give one suggestion uh, before we move on as well uh, to go in tandem with this. I've shared uh, on my Instagram stories from this account many a times. There is an Instagram account, account called The AIDS Memorial. And it is a Instagram account that is dedicated to people submitting photos and stories about people in their lives who have died of HIV and AIDS complications. And it spans from people who died in the 80s and 90s all the way up to people who died in the 2000s and the 2010s. And seeing these faces and hearing these stories will shatter your heart but it puts things in perspective because you can scroll through this instagram page and you just see hundreds of men and women and children who were affected by hiv and aids and lost that battle it's i'm actually looking through it right now everybody in these photos just looks so happy yeah happy and and it and it puts faces and it puts people's life stories behind it mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's really handsome men mm-hmm. sorry my house coming but but that's that's when i say we lost a generation yeah of our people to this disease 
So, so get tested regularly. Yes. Play do safe. Stay safe. Get on prep. Um, and fucking watch It's a Sin. Because <laughs> goddammit, this show... It's probably the best thing... TV series, miniseries, anything that you can consume and watch... It's probably the greatest thing I've seen in a very, very, very long time. So I'm there's I have Wikipedia Wikipedia open up real quick. We'll close with this. Um, the show received a critical acclaim for its emotional scenes, writing, and depiction of AIDS. Uh, the cast performances were also met with widely positive reviews. Um, all episodes were released to the broadcaster's online streaming service. And after a few weeks, it was viewed in an entirety of more than 6.5 million times, making it the most binge-watched show to stream on any platform. Uh, the first, well, on this platform, sorry, not any. Uh, the first episode also became Channel 4's biggest drama launch, and the, the show was, cre was credited for creating an upsurge in HIV testing. So, claps for that. Like, yeah. that, you know, it, it, it's a great conversation story, great conversation to have. And it's created by Russell T. Davies, who's the creator and show, or was the creator and showrunner of the um, modern Doctor Who series that is out. Oh, cool. So if you're a Doctor Who fan and you like the work of Russell T. Davies, this is another piece of his work, and it's probably the best thing that he's he's created, period. End of sentence. For sure. Uh, well, moving on from that, <laughs> what else you got going on? Um, I got my COVID vaccine. I forgot Yay! To oh, no. Yes, um, I'm getting my second shot on March 20th. Yay! Fully vaccinated, and the experience was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. I, big fucking baby when it comes to shots um it's kind of the number one reason why i don't want to get a tattoo because i'm afraid of needles um but go i know that's a totally different like experience painful, yeah experience, but um yeah i went and got it here in bakersfield at the uh, at the bakersfield fairgrounds and i was in and out of there in a matter of like 15 20 minutes showed up before my appointment got my shot before my scheduled appointment and got out of there before my scheduled appointment. It was in and out. Um, I really liked it that, that uh, they monitored you, like for me, at least here in Curry County in Bakersfield. That's um, standard. You, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. After you got your shot, they told you to, you know, if they asked you immediately after, are you feeling anything? Like, I was like, I feel my organs, like, you know, like, like, <laughs> perfectly fine. Um, and then they had me go sit down in another room and they monitored us for 15 minutes just to make sure, you know, we were still feeling okay, all that good stuff. But when I went and got this shot, Daniel was like, why are you changing so many times? And I was like, because I am manifesting that we are going to have a great summer Things are, like, you know, hopefully everybody's going to go get vaccinated and this is going to be a good thing. Fucking bitch, I showed up in fucking beach shorts. <laughs> and, 
the people that gave me my fucking shot, they were dressed like it was 40 degrees outside, wearing a sweater, wearing jackets. And so when I sat in my chair, he was like, aren't you cold, dude? And I was like, nope. It, it was a beautiful day. Like, you know, mm-hmm. of course, like I'm a little thick and broad shouldered uh, boy, but like, I just was like, I'm trying to manifest good things right now. So pump me up and let's get this shit going and he was like i freaking love that the girl to the the left who was like entering all the information she started laughing and he was like i'm gonna say right now best shot that i'm giving today i was like thank you it was a good time now would you say that it for one it doesn't take long no Uh would you not say the longest thing about getting the covid vaccine was is is the waiting yeah because and and when i say the waiting i don't mean waiting in line for it i mean that i i from my experience i was able to walk in to the clinic gave them my information they sent me down a hallway blah, blah 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 sat down got the shot that was very quick and easy it's the 15 minutes that you have to wait in order for them to monitor you just in case you have any adverse reaction or oh, um, sure. side yeah. effects or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I know to each his own. No, you know, you don't have to get the vaccine if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know, do your research, do your homework. It's, mm-hmm. you know, but like it was very upsetting and unsettling to see the lack of people receiving a shot Mm -hmm. i think throughout the whole building you know like it was it it, it's it was there was probably like 35 people in in this giant agriculture building wow and you know so i hope you know people you know do their homework and read into if you know what where they can get their shot that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because if this is what we have to do to get back to a little normal normalcy, do your part. Yeah. Do your part and, you know, it's all gravy. I know I have family members who aren't going to do it, which is upsetting, mm-hmm. but you would be a little bit, you, you'd be a little safer. Right. If that makes sense. No, um, I completely agree. So we're not, we're not running around with like friggin' sashes on saying i'm vaccinated no but i mean i will i actually found a little you know like those little rubber bracelets like the live strong bracelets from back in high school yeah i found one that says i'm covid vaccine uh, i'm covid 19 vaccinated and i've thought about getting one um because i am fully as of the day before my birthday i was fully vaccinated um a lot of our friends have been vaccinated or are in the process of being vaccinated. So it's it's good to see people in our immediate circle who are um, doing their part and kind of getting the idea out there that it's normal and it's something that we've got to do in order to move on. Because, girl, I'm telling you, I'm getting real sick and tired of being stuck in this house. Yeah. Thank God I just got a job. <laughs> I know we can turn around and do it at any given time, but our our close circle, like Nick, mm-hmm. like our close friends, we are all, you know, 
just we want to get vaccinated before we see each other just to stay safe. Well, right. I think I saw a couple a couple of days ago, Dr. Fauci did state that if everybody who is going to be at, not to say a party, but if, mm-hmm. if there's going to be a function mm-hmm. and everybody in that party has been fully vaccinated, you are you are okay. You yeah. Are Okay. So and, and I, that's what we're waiting for. Yeah. We, in our group chat, we even discussed that, you know, it's socially distanced, still messed up and all that stuff and, and trying to quarantine as much as possible. Um, but the idea that we can all be vaccinated quite soon and hang out in somebody's backyard and finally catch up after a year of not seeing anybody it's been two years for some people. It has been. Yeah. It's, it's, it gives me hope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I finally feel like I have hope that things are going to start to turn around. I mean, it's still a whole fuck ton of mess. Where the fuck is my stimulus check? But, Knock. Joe, I'm looking at you, Joe. You've had a fucking month and off as a bitch. Where the fuck is my money, bitch? Like Rihanna said, bitch better have my money. Um, but, I mean, it, it, just seeing the vaccine roll out, it, it has been a bit of a struggle, but it's starting to really lift. I think I, uh, I, I read... I think it was 7% of the population is fully vaccinated while 15% is, has had their first round. That's wild because that's still not a lot. It's still not a lot, but if you think about it, the vaccine dropped, what, in January? And we're just in the beginning of March. So hopefully, fingers crossed, by June, things will be a lot better because, yeah. damn. Daniel and I received an email. So that's how we found out that we were eligible for it. So I know I'm one person. I cannot send this email out to everybody, but mm-hmm. I sent it to a couple people and they've instantly texted me back and were like, thank you. I, my, my scheduled date is this. So mm-hmm. if, if you know me and you live in Kern County and you are looking for a way to get your shot, I will send you that link. Or you can just go to... Um, the, like the fairground website and try it for yourself but in and out simple as can be and yeah did you get a little sticker i got a little sticker my first round I didn't, I didn't get a little sticker but i got my whole little moment of manifesting good things so mm. that's a good little story that i can tell forever i'm so excited yay i can't wait for you to be fully vaccinated because girl we can't miss another one of your birthdays. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say this, though. My 30th birthday was amazing. Yes. Same. It was so much fun. My 30th birthday was a lot of fun. Same here. But I want to do a, like a double, like a, a 30th birthday again for Daniel because that shit, he, his birthday's in December. Like, mm-hmm. That was like spike number two after Thanksgiving and shit went up again and everybody was like turtlenecking their fucking heads in and out of their mm-hmm. shell. It was a hot ass mess. So For we had sure. to do That's around the time that I caught it. Mm-hmm. I made with I made two TikToks, Matthew. I know, I'm so <laughs> I am so proud of you. I've been pushing you 
to do the TikTok thing for a long time. And I'm not the only one. I just really sounded like this old man that should not be on TikTok. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? TikTok is so much fun. It is a lot of fun. I still have trouble working it, but I think I'm... I'm learning it a little bit, but like when Snapchat started, I was doing the TikTok thing on Snapchat. Exactly. Fucking frustrating to think like, damn, had I kept up with it, not kept up with it, but like, I don't know. Well, and it's like I do the same thing for Instagram stories. Like I was gonna post an something on 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 my Instagram story the other day, and I'm like, you know what, this would actually make a decent TikTok. So maybe like back pocket this and and workshop it a little bit more rather than you just spewing random words out of your mouth because you had this epiphany or something. Um, But it's funny because I downloaded TikTok around the time it first launched and it was still like in its infancy and there wasn't really a lot going on on there. I'm like, what is this stupid app? Like, fuck this. I, I, I don't care about this. And like gave up on it, like within a day or two, man, was I fucking wrong? Cause damn, that app has blown up exponentially. Right. I don't even want to be famous. I just want to have a viral video. (laughs) It, I, it's, it's it's so much fun though like and, and that's the thing too like for me i don't care if you know five million people see it or five people see my videos it, it it's it's just something that is fun and like almost kind of reminds me of uh like stupid shit that we used to do in high school you know what i mean and i'm like if i was in high school we would be thriving on this this app right now because all the crazy shenanigans, the stupid skits that we did. I mean, you sent a TikTok the other day to us saying, uh, <laughs> "Were we? Was I the only one who? No, what was it? Um, did you film a reality TV show with your friends so you could talk shit about them, or were you normal?" And I was like, "Oh." bitch <laughs> yeah we talked about that a couple episodes back yeah on reality tv show so it's just funny like you, you get to um you get to interact with people that have i'm gonna say the same story as you but just you get to lull on bullshit and it's nonsense i do get shamed though by my my, my beautiful boyfriend daniel he doesn't shame i mean shame is not the right word but like I he call it a into, little shamey. He turned it into he turned into Myra, Moira Rose, and he's like, "Oh no, not the TikTok!" And like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it, there's so many interesting and cool and creative people on that platform. That like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I am very tempted just to delete Instagram and Twitter and just fully just have TikTok as my only social media platform. Um, because I don't know. There's like, I follow a girl who talks about Pyrex and like the history of Pyrex and people who buy Pyrex in thrift stores and telling them what it is, what piece it is, when is it from. 
how much it would actually cost, what it was for, right. you know, that sort of thing. And it's like there, there's so many different yeah, people out there. Second, okay. I'm sorry. What? So, oh, because I can hear the door shut, and then your uh-huh. your your feet, and it reminded me of the beginning of Wannabe by Spice Girls, where she's like, "Ha ha ha!" Hey, <laughs> I'm so gay. So here's a story from A to Z. You, you want to get, get with me? You gotta listen carefully. We got. <laughs> I'm in the place of life, and your face you got it. G L E N I said in an easy me to machine machines in your brain. She's a real lady. And as for me, I will say. <laughs> what was your gay anthem? Um, God bless the USA by Jump Five. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> My little gay ass who wasn't even allowed to listen to regular radio, be pulling like a, a, a radio Disney pool. Um, I I mean, you know how I feel about the Spice Girls. They're like, Always and Forever will be my number one. Spice World is probably quickly becoming my favorite movie of all time as I revisit it. Uh, so either... Um, uh, what's that? Oh, God, I'm blanking. Um, it's not a good idea. I'm gonna try to What is that song title? Is it a Spice Girl song? Yeah. Um, if you want to be my lover, no, not want to be. No, it's Spice Up Your Life. Spice Up Your Life, yes. Okay. I, 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 I. I've said it before. I think I've said it on this podcast. I've said it many a time. Spice Up Your Life needs to be the opening song to every gay pride parade from here until eternity. Because that song just hits a certain way Uh that just gives me carnival, party, parade vibes. And so I would say Spice Up Your Life is probably my gay anthem. If I have to go with something else, uh, I would probably go with uh, Britney Spears' Do Something. Okay. Okay, not do something. (laughs) Since we're manifesting... Good things. Let's have a little minute dance party, yeah? Okay, I'm done. Okay. Wait, wait. What's your gay anthem? We'll we'll have to that when I come back. Okay.
doesn't it just like doesn't that song just like infect your blood and just you oh, can't sure. help but move like can't you just see like the first gay pride parade that we get to go to and that song just starts playing as like floats are going by everybody's being there like little faggy cells in the streets <laughs> making out doing whatever they're doing um, I could just I just see like, that being played in my fucking backyard with a bonfire and just with fucking sparklers. That too, that too. I want to see confetti cannons. <laughs> I want streamers. I want uh, people on roller skates with tassels in their hair. I like it, that song is just so good. It slaps every fucking time. And I want red-headed parrots everywhere. <laughs> mm, maybe not that part. You know how I feel about birds. <laughs> so what's your queer um, anthem I had two of them um, growing up my first one was I hate share but believe is like you can't help but oh. like oh, get your like, little gay boy fantasy on to believe right and my other one also was Ricky Martin live in La Vida Loca hmm Interesting. I know that's not really a gay song, but being I mom like not to say my mom, but my, the dance team that I was a part of just always made me dance to that. Mm -hmm. And whenever we had a performance, I always danced that routine, and it truly made me feel super gay whenever I danced to it. Well, I mean, considering where Ricky Martin is in his life with a male partner and children. It makes yeah. sense, and I would consider it a queer anthem. Yeah. <laughs> but th th those were mine. Mm. You want to get a little party down to some Living La Vida Loca or some oh, no, no. I don't want that. No, it's okay. okay. <laughs> we can have just one party song. <laughs> well, I will say this. The next time we are together, you mm -hmm. better have that full routine. Fuck. Down Actually, honestly, I already have it. That's why I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> we will have to, the next time we are together. We will have to film you doing that entire routine. Do and I have post to wear the, black, the black T-shirt that's like the sleeves are like up to like the middle of my arm, and I, I'm telling you, I look like a little ten-year-old Rico Suave. That is really bad i was wearing jazz pants jazz shoes and a black button-up tight-ass shirt it it was like this i mean is a fucking queen coming through here <laughs> we don't have to we can definitely uh up the outfit you know i'll post the. i have the photo uh, we'll post the photo on the instagram okay uh, okay we'll have to do that so everybody go to the improper intimacies instagram and see little Victor getting his little gay life on. <laughs> I think I know exactly what photo you're talking about too. You do. It, it, it's at Rose Avenue Park, and we're sta we're standing like I'm posing, not standing. What the fuck? With <laughs> with correction, I with, was posing for my life with uh, your little highlighted uh, bangs. Is that exactly. the one? Yeah. Tips. Yes, frosted tips. If you're tell me you're gay, <laughs> tell me you grew, tell me you grew up gay in the nineties, but without telling me you grew up gay in the nineties. Oh Jesus Christ! Do you remember your first kiss, Matthew? Huh? 
Do you remember your first kiss? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely 100%. How was that? What was that like? Oh, um, straight out is of a it, movie. Is it bad? Was it bad? No, it was straight out of a teen romantic film. Like, I swear to God. I was... Do I, do I know who it was with? Yeah, you know them. It was... Uh, so, should I tell the story? Yeah, tell the story. You want to know. Okay. <clears throat> so... 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. A couple days prior to that, you guys had thrown me a surprise party. Mm-hmm. And somebody who was a friend showed up to that party. And I um, had dinner with my family, picked him up from where he was staying because he was from out of town. Um, and we kind of just drove around and talked and hung out for a while. Just like, it, you know, nothing, it wasn't like, I'm going to pick you up so we can fuck. It was like, we did not have that kind of relationship. I did have a huge crush on him, big old boner for him. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I can honestly say, I can honestly say the, uh, the sexual chemistry was I mean, the sexual tension was definitely there. So uh, I we ended up at the church playground where we commonly frequented, all of us. Uh, when I say we, I mean all of us friends. Um, and we sat there and we talked. And I just was like, God, I want to kiss this guy so bad. I just want to kiss him so bad. I want to kiss him so bad. But I didn't. I was good. Um and like we would get really close and you know like when you have that chemistry with somebody and like they just get really close to you without necessarily um touching you but you can feel the electricity you know what i mean oh, yeah like you can mm-hmm. feel that energy i had that whenever he would walk by me and, and he would like sit kind of close and and i could just feel this like tension and this energy and i was like oh fuck but I don't want to fuck it up because, you know, we're friends and everything. And this is my first gay friend and all that stuff. You felt that. Oh, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom is blowing up my phone. Where the fuck are you? You're supposed to be home already. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, fine. I got to take you home. All right, I got to take you back. I know, right? <laughs> and, and he was like, okay. So we start walking. Well, remember, I had my mom's car at the time. Yeah. <laughs> So he starts walking back to the car and he's kind of like a foot or two ahead of me. Like he's kind of walking ahead of me and I start, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Just go for it. And so as we're walking back to the car, I walked a few steps quicker grabbed him by the hand and said fuck it and out loud fuck it pulled him in close to me and just kissed him and i swear to god we made out for like 15 minutes in the middle of a church playground (laughs) and i swear to god it was like the hottest most sensual first kissed experience that i could have ever had it was so damn good right on what about you 
Oh god, mine was horrible. It was bad. It was. I thought you were gonna say it was Beth. I'm like, that's shady. Don't fucking call her out like that. No. (laughs) I was 11 years old. Mine wasn't with a boy. Mine was with a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's probably why it was bad. I don't know. Like, just it just was sloppy. It was messy. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to open my mouth. Like it. It was. Y'all have have you guys if you guys have ever been to uh, Universal Studios and watched Waterworld, like don't sit in the front because you're gonna be wet. My whole face was drenched in spit. Ew! Seeing this girl, it was bad. I was in a quinceanera when I when I was like really really young, and yeah, I kissed this girl who was in the quinceanera, and it it's cringy. It, like. I no, <laughs> I it's traumatizing. Oh my god, I love how <laughs> this is just this is just definitely tells everybody our personality types. Yeah. Your first kiss was at eleven years old, and mine was on my nineteenth birthday. <laughs> you trying to say I'm a little slut? No, <laughs> I mean, so so then who? You don't have to say who, but oh, what? Know. What? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Uh, what was your first kiss with a guy? And what was that experience like? Okay, so same age. I was 19. Mm-hmm. And that... Like I Wait, said, I it's because hold it's on. What? What? What did you say? Wait, why, why did you tell me to hold on? You had your first kiss at 19 while you were still in the closet. I sure did. And I am barely finding about this on air. <laughs> hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because <laughs> I, I'm sure we've said it on the podcast. I came out before you did. Um, you sure did. Like a couple months to a year before. Hold so. I did it at 19 or 20. I think I... It, 19 or 20. Okay. So, go because on. I think I, told you, I think I told you that I hooked up with him. My Okay, so my first gay kiss was... Cortez? No! Ew, you... I mean, not ew, but, like, no. We went to high school with him, his sister... Yeah, no, 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 I, I know, I know who you're talking about. We're gonna bleep out those names because... Oh, yeah, no, I will definitely bleep them out. Um, I never told you that. You know what, though? It was the, this was the time when you and I weren't friends. Right. Because, because I was hanging out with Cindy a lot. And Cindy knows about this. Not that I we weren't borrowed. friends. Yes. We just weren't hanging no, no, no. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I borrowed Yesenia's truck, Cindy's comadre, to go, quote unquote, meet up with a girl. And this girl happened to be And we hooked up in... Her truck at this is when I, I lived on Crawford. Full so yeah, it was like nineteen. Full slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Full slam, thank you, bam. Like not just a kiss, like the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards in the bed of a truck. Girl, see, this is what I'm telling you. I didn't have <laughs> sex for another six months after that first kiss. <laughs> 
I did not know this. I was it watch my was it good? Oh, I mean, really no. Like, let let's let no, it okay. be known that I've definitely out shown you in the hoe department since then. Oh, for sure. I'm not going to, like, I I enjoyed myself, so obviously it was good, mm -hmm. but I'm not walking out of the situation being like, that's my number one. Right. No. No. But for, for, experien for experimenting and having that high of mm -hmm. this is your truth and nobody else knows it and you are fulfilling that desire and like going outside the box doing it in the bed of a truck mm -hmm. outside of your mom's fucking house like it was everything that i needed at that time right and that was the same so, thing with my first kiss yeah it just it it was like oh yeah. it was the experience that this made you go oh <laughs> Yeah. That. Sure. I like that. <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, I had a vague... I knew you had a crush... Like, after you came out, I knew you had a crush on him. Only because he was my first and, like... Right. That, like, I don't know. It was just wild. Like, he wasn't my first bottoming, but first topping. Ooh. And... Girl. 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 <laughs> That's all I can say. Unfortunately, my first topping experience. Okay, we're getting real deep, so sorry about it. Um well, let me get Hamilton back inside because okay. he's like, Y'all are talking about topping and I'm not in the room. <laughs> so I mean I've I did a few blowies, you know, a little a few handies. Uh with the guy I had my first kiss with, like months afterwards or whatever. Um, but I had never had like full on sex sex with anybody um, until I was like nineteen and a half or something like that. And I was, I discovered Grinder for the first time, and I hooked up with a guy. I started talking to a guy, decided to hook up with him. He was my first time ever, you know, going to Pound Town. And mm -hmm. I will say, it was not the greatest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, shit happens. And it just, like, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, well, that was really disappointing. Like... I mean, I've obviously had better experience and have yeah. explored many uh, men. <laughs> <laughs> many Since... services. You've had many, many bodily fluids in your, in your aura. Ra, ra. <laughs> um, but looking back on it, I'm like, man, I really wish. I mean, I, I mean, I kind of outdid myself with my first kiss. Um, yeah. But I'm like, it couldn't all be perfect for you, goddammit. Right. I'm just like, I could have had, I should have just like made sure it was some, somebody I cared about. Uh, <laughs> but at that time, when I when I was like, fuck it, I'm just, I'm going to be a little hoe because I need to yeah. lose my virginity. Like, that's literally what my mentality was, was 
I am too old to be doing this fuck shit anymore. I've already had a penis around me that was not my own. (laughs) (laughs) I need to experience all the other things that go along with that. (laughs) I'm sorry to any family members who are listening to this right now. Fuck them. They do it too. They're dirty, rotten scoundrels just as much as we are. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's just not memorable. And that's okay because, I mean, yeah. It's okay. Not everybody's going to be memorable. Trust yep. me, I've had some memorable ones. <laughs> what does Aquarius say as Melania Trump on Snatch Game? Any hole is a goal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your first topping experience. What was your first bottoming experience? Or have you had one? Yeah. Um, yeah, my first. Uh, my first bottoming experience was with my first boyfriend mm-hmm. ever. Um, yeah, it, it was just as great as well. Um, I was I wasn't into it in the way that I am now. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm like fucking pound me. Mm-hmm. At the time, it took some comfort. It took some relaxing. It took some like, you know pep talking to myself because i really wasn't into it in its entirety Mm -hmm. but looking back at it now being 31 like hell yeah it was hot i was into it yeah the first time you bought them is kind of it's scary it's a different experience i mean full disclosure you know i would diddle my skittle you know on my own accord while engaging in some handball (laughs) but actually going through the motions of bottoming with somebody is a completely different experience from what you actually think it's going to be like yeah and and i'm going to let you know now if you think that brokeback mountain is the standard of what to do when you're having gay sex you are fucked up. You're wrong because let me tell you, yeah. that shit would make you fucking rip and bleed. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not cute. Sure. It's not cute. Um, but my first, I guess my first body experience was with one of my first relationships too. And again, I was like, oh, this. I mean, it feels good, but it also hurts like a motherfucker and yeah it's honestly you're running a fucking marathon the mm-hmm. whole time like you, you have to have stamina and you have to like it, it at first it's painful and then it becomes pleasurable uh it's painful comfortable not not comfortable it's painful you go i'm not gonna say you go numb but like you have to still in your head you have to be like okay you got this like it kind of hurts a little bit but get past it and then once you get past that it's fucking pleasure exactly once once things start to become a little bit more accustomed to things being in that area they Mm -hmm. start to open up a little bit What the fuck is this episode turning into? Let me me tell you, though. Let me tell you. So, no holds barred, no inhibition, no, like, no inhibitions, just, like, going for it. Mm -hmm. I know you don't really like to have sex to music, 
but this is what turned me on to having sex with music because I found the passion in the song and the passion in the act mm -hmm. to Lady Gaga's teeth. Like the song, the song, uh -huh. Teeth by Lady Gaga. That had been, whenever Victor was bottoming, that's what I wanted to listen to because it was hot. It was sexy. It was like, it was dirty. I know some people like to listen to music while having sex. And it, my thing is not necessarily, I can't have music playing while engaging in sexual acts. It's, I can't have music playing that I know the words to. Because I... You'll be fucking pounding like... No, I... I <laughs> no, I will start singing the lyrics in my head to the point where I then start to lose it. Because I'm focused on something else. If I'm fucking with music on, it's gotta be... Music no, that I no know words. but doesn't isn't like fully recognizable lyrically with me, or it's got to have no words whatsoever. I'm sorry, I'm like I'm not imagining you having sex, but I'm thinking of like the situations of like how will I know if he really loves me? Oh. <laughs> and, you, and you know how you know how you know how I first experienced this was my first oh, time God. my first time fucking the guy was playing um pop radio like the regular pop radio on Sirius XM and just oh, no. dance came out it would have been out for just a uh, just a few months <laughs> just dance by lady gaga was playing and my dick went limp so fast because all I could do was fucking <laughs> sing that goddamn song. I was like, bro, you gotta turn the fucking music off, dude. Like, it's not gonna work. Like, you're not gonna be able to get it up if this fucking <laughs> Katy Perry and John Mayer start playing in the background. Like, it's just not gonna work for me. You know what I mean? I hate it. But there have been times where I've been in situations, sex parties. Where it works. Or... At the at the bathhouse where there is like music playing, but there is no lyrics to it, or if it is, it's mostly like dancey kind of trance music. So I can like tune that out. You know what I mean? Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I've never been to a bathhouse. I love when that. you walk into a backhouse. Back is it <laughs> when you walk into a backhouse? I mean, a bathhouse. I'm sorry, bathhouse. Yeah. Okay. So when you walk into a bathhouse, is it like instant moaning in every fucking room? That's all you hear? No, 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 no. Well, I, I mean, I don't know the case necessarily for every bathhouse. Um, mm -hmm. But I used to be a frequenter of one. In fact, this is like shows the kind of slut I am. <laughs> the fact that. Um, because of COVID, bathhouses are starting to close down across the country. I'm kind of upset about it. And a couple months ago, <laughs> Roger and I were talking and I go, you know what I just, we were talking about like everything being shut down and, you know, not being able to go to the movie theater or go to a restaurant and actually sit down, you know, theme parks being closed, all that stuff. Because we're wanting to do something to get out of the house. And I turned on my <laughs> I turn to him and I, you're fine. I turn to him and I go, you know what I really miss out of everything? Like 
movie theaters, restaurants, all that stuff. You know what I really miss the most? And he's like, what? And I go, bathhouses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so fun. It's so, it's just like a different experience. So the one that we used to frequent, sadly it closed because of COVID, was in San Jose called the Water Garden. And it was a, be- it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Like they've got a pool and a spa, a sauna room, there's showers, there's outdoor smoking areas, there's a gym. Um, and the way it works is you walk in to the front, everything's kind of, it's it's kind of blocked off. So there's doors, but you can only walk up to the counter um, and before you can be let in. They have to like buzz you in. So you walk up. Say I want a lock. There's lockers. There's rooms, and then there's like uh, bigger rooms that have other bonus features, like um, TVs where you can watch porn and stuff. And they have a few channels that have different porn videos playing, like all the time. And um, so you, once you kind of go through that, then you kind of like walk around. They hand you your towel, and then I you would walk through the gym into the corridor where all the rooms are and it's basically like a giant like a giant open room but there's like a maze of walls and doors and it's like these small little rooms with a little bed and some with televisions and and uh, like a lamp and a nightstand or something like that yeah and um and you can either, if you have a locker, then you just put your stuff in your locker. You can either walk around fully clothed or you can walk around naked. Uh, you do have to have a towel on. So you can't just freely be free. I mean, you could if you wanted, I guess. Uh, but like in more common areas, like they had a, a pool table and they had a TV room where it was uh, like a u-shaped couch with three televisions so everybody could watch tv there was vending machines and it's it's almost like a motel in a way like you're renting the room for 12 hours or however many hours that is allotted to you at the time and Mm -hmm. you can either like generally we would go because it's a lot cheaper than getting a hotel um, so we would go and we would crash there and then you can also go out and have some fun. You can take a swim in the pool. You can work out at the gym. I know a lot of people would frequent, um, a bathhouse to use their gym cause it's a lot cheaper than going to a, uh, a regular gym. Like the membership, the monthly membership fees were a lot cheaper than going to a gym in the city. What were you going to say? Is that where you hook up though? In the gym? Like if you no, 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 no. I mean... Uh, generally it's kind of like, no, um, most people in the showers, you know, on the deck of the pool, um, in the private rooms, you know, in the sauna, like those kind of areas are generally where people are fucking, um, but you, you get so your you little had to walk around to look Yeah. Or you like, there are people who are there who will have their door open and if they're interested in you, they'll invite you oh, in God. or you know, whatever the case may be. Um, okay. Some people are very much, I'm just here so you can look, don't touch, just keep keep it keep it pumping. Like, they get off on just being watched and looked at. Um, and there's, there's a very, there, there, it's like a 
various walks of life, like people of different races, ages, sizes, um, all there. And you just, you know, kind of give somebody the look. And if they're interested, uh, you can either go into where the glory holes are or in like the big porn room, or you can take somebody to your private room. So it, it's a fun experience. I will say if you know, I mean, you know me and yeah, this is kind of like the first time I'm like fully airing out my dirty laundry on, on the no, podcast. It's not dirty. No, this no, no. Is your life. I, yeah. I, what I'm, what I mean by that is like, this is the first time that I'm fully being open about like my sexual history as well as, um, <clears throat> what's the word my proclivities i guess you could say uh i i'm yeah. i'm a very very open sexual person like i'm very like i'm a very sex pot that's the word i'm looking for you're a very sex positive person and i don't think that there should be a stigma about sex i think our country generally has this like negative connotation when it comes to sex and like i'm all for sex workers. I'm all for bathhouses. I'm all for people just going out and doing whatever the fuck they want to do just to get the rocks off. As long as you're being safe and everybody's consenting, go do it. Just like go have fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't want to guard myself from having those experiences and I don't want to have people, other people guard themselves from experiencing those things if they want to. Yeah. Because you're not experiencing your, you know, your mm-hmm. body. And it's also a place, too, where you can actually feel safe and comfortable. You know what I mean? Okay. Everybody, it, it's, well, at least the bathhouses that I've gone to over the years, very well maintained, very, very clean. The staff is super nice, super friendly. Um, willing to, you know, hand you lube or condoms or towels or whatever you may need. They're there. They don't put up with bullshit. Like, I've seen people get kicked out. Uh, you know, they have their rules. You can't bring any drugs in. If you bring any sort of drugs into the facility, weed, whatever else, into the facility, you're gone and you're blacklisted. Really? Um, yeah. And... Um, and, and and it's a space that you can go to to have casual sex and know that it that it's a safe space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you can go and be yourself and fuck fifty guys if you wanted to, all at once or one at a time, whatever the case may be, and just feel safe in your sexuality and in this environment where you can be who you are, you can do what you want within reason to express mm-hmm. yourself sexually that maybe you can't have in the outside world. Okay. I enjoy them. I, I, I love a bathhouse. They're fun. Well, I hope you can get yourself to one and mm-hmm. soon, not it, but soon. Just because that seems like a good time for you. Like, it would be a good time for you. It is. It's so much fun. I've had some of the best encounters and, like, casual hookups and three-ways and orgies and all kinds of fun stuff there. 
I mean, I love it. I not to get too gory into the details, but I gave Roger his first nosebleed when I was pounding him because I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm with my partner. Girl. But I kind of want to be watched by other people. So I left the door open. And it really turned me on to a point that, that to the point where Roger lifted his head off the pillow. And I was like, oh, that's that's there's a red spot okay? there. Are you OK? Do, <laughs> yeah. Did I break your nose? Like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, it's, it's it. just it's a fun it's a fun place to be. I, I recommend bathhouses to everybody. And I recommend Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? I don't eat Girl Scout cookies, girl. Well, <laughs> I, this I only eat them if you give them to me. But I don't, I've never actually... I don't think I've ever bought in a box of Girl Scout cookies before. Oh, I, I love them. They're like my favorite thing. I almost bought some at the, at the smoke shop because I know that during Girl Scouts cookie season one of the girls who works there sells her uh daughter's girl scout cookies. Her daughter's cookies? That's yeah cute. the people that leave that store there are people with like three four five hundred dollar bongs walking out and like eight boxes of girl scout cookies tucked under their arm it's so funny to see i love it um i'm trying to think what else golden globes happened this weekend uh was an award show. Eh. It was interesting to see people in their homes and have their kids and their families surrounding them and their pets and whatnot. Uh, it's going to be an interesting award season. You and I are both award season people. Um, but to see kind of like, oh, this is how it's going to shake out. Um, it, it is pretty cool. It's it's going to be different okay. this year. But I'm excited. Uh Oscar nominations are on the 15th. We'll probably record after that comes out. So we'll do maybe some reactions or whatnot. Um, okay. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. I don't really have anything else this week. That's it. Well, thank you for listening to us. This has been episode 15 of Improper Intimacies. We'll see you next week. That's been Matthew. And that's been Victor. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to us this week. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you would like to give us a follow, we are on Instagram at Improper Intimacies. Also, uh, we are on Apple Podcasts. And if you can go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, it actually really helps the podcast get uh, discovered more. Um, and if we get enough reviews or and enough traction, leave us a two or three star if you're not feeling us. No, we need the five star reviews, girl, because that's what gets okay. You I'm sorry. Okay, let's do this again. Let's do this. Again. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's do it again. You don't have to like the episode; just rate it five stars. You can leave whatever you want in um, the review section, uh, and that just helps us get noticed and gets the podcast out there. Share it if you like. Um, we love seeing everybody listening and sharing on like their instagrams and stories and stuff if you guys want to let us know something that you watched or something that you've seen that you feel like we you know deserves you know a hot topic on the podcast let us know dm us email us please we want to hear from you guys 
Yeah, if there's something that we've mentioned in passing and you would like us to do a bit more of a deep dive, let us know and we'll actually do that in future episodes because we love to talk about movies, TV, music, toys from our childhood, commercials from our childhood. And uh, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, we're more than willing to, to look into it and, and do a deep dive into it. The dirtier, the better. This is Matthew Burris. And this is Victor Ortiz. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.